Welcome to the Marketing Executive Spotlight Show. I'm Anitra Kerr, also known as the queen of video marketing at The Draw Shop, where we create videos and messaging for brands that are impossible to ignore. We believe that any business is just one marketing tweak away from getting their ideal customers hooked. Most businesses have a solution to positively impact their customers and ultimately the world. The real question is how to get those people to see that. We've got our own fail-proof formula for this at The Draw Shop, but on this show, we're interviewing marketing geniuses to discover more. Think you have marketing genius to share? Stay tuned to the end of the show and we'll show you how you can be our next guest on the fastest growing marketing inspiration podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Executive Spotlight. I am your host, Ben Cummings, and today I have the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer at Head of Product, Jeff Perkins with me. Jeff, how are you? Great, Ben. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm doing awesome. So tell me a little bit about how you got into marketing. Wow, that's a... That, I'm a pretty old dude, so that that makes me go way back in the archives. Uh but I, I went to college at American University in Washington, D.C., and I studied uh, mostly politics and political science. And I was a White House intern in the Clinton administration. So that kind of gives you a sense wow. of my <laughs> of my age range. I was there uh, right around the same time as Monica Lewinsky. Um, I didn't know her or have any interaction, but we were there around the same time. Um, but uh, I, I spent four years at American studying politics. And as I graduated... I, I kind of realized two things. One, I there weren't a ton of paying jobs in politics coming mm. out of college, and two, I really didn't want to work in politics. I, I just didn't. It didn't quite jive with um, I think my personality, and so I was getting out of school. I had no idea what I wanted to do, and you know, fortunately, um, you know, I have a, a relative who is working in marketing and uh, at a big consumer products company, and he was nice enough to send my resume around to some of his friends in the ad agency world. And that helped me land my first gig at, um, you know, big ad agency in New York called Saatchi and Saatchi. And that was an amazing experience. It was like getting your MBA in marketing um, while on the job. So I I was at Saatchi um, on and off for about five years and I got to work on uh, General Mills and Procter and Gamble. So these big, you know, uh, well-known consumer uh, brands. Um, I worked actually on the the Tide laundry detergent brand and the Cascade detergent brands wow. um, while living in New York City in a 500 square foot apartment without a washer dryer or a uh, dishwasher. So I it, um, I just spent a lot of time studying the consumer to really get any understanding there. But that was kind of my um, entrance into marketing, and I found it really suited me well. It was very lucky that I landed in a job out of college that that I kind of liked, and mm. so had a, a you know nice career in the the ad agency side of the business. Um, spent about uh, ten years uh, between Saatchi and Saatchi, another big agency called Havas, working again on a lot of just big accounts. Um, I ended up working on Volvo Cars and GlaxoSmithKline later on. But I was always kind of like missing, um, missing something because I, I felt like I had great ideas for my clients, great ideas that would help them drive their business. Yeah. But when you're on the agency side, there's only so much you can do because you're kind of, you're usually stuck talking to a brand manager kind of at the mid manager level on the client side. Um, you know, they have their own agenda. They want to get promoted and uh, they want to get 
you know, exposure. And so it was really hard as the agency guy to help them uh, get your ideas, you know, brought, brought to life. So I decided to make the move to the client side. And uh, that brought me to a company called AutoTrader, which was my first client side gig. And then I later worked at a company called PGI. Um, and then I went to a company called QA Symphony, which is my first CMO gig. And then that brought me to Park Mobile. So that's a really long way to kind of uh, consolidate a 20 plus year career in, as a marketing uh, leader. No, it's super valuable to have that that kind of experience. And hopefully our audience will even glean some uh, from your experiences. So uh, speaking on head of product, what does your company do? What does head of product do? So uh, as the head of product at Park Mobile, um, you know, my focus is on kind of the two sides of our business. So mm-hmm. Park Mobile, we, we are the number one app for parking in the United States. So we're in 450 okay. cities. Uh, we process 100 million parking transactions every year. And so it's a big consumer app, uh, 25 million users. So a lot of people have it on their phones. Yep. So, you know, there's one side of the business where I'm all focused on how do we make the app better, yeah. uh, more functional? How do we add more features to it? How do we uh, retain our users longer? So there's a lot of work in just making sure the app is great and yep. is working like it should work. And uh, we're listening to our consumers on an ongoing basis to make sure we're adding features that they want. So that's one side of it. And the other side is the more B2B side where uh, building tools for our clients to manage their rates and policies within the Park Mobile app, right? Mm -hmm. So we work with cities, we work with universities, we work with parking operators, making sure they have all the tools they need to set up a rate for uh, you know just the regular day rate or to set up a special event rate yeah. um, and do that all within our Park Mobile, what we call the Park Mobile 360 client tool. And then also provide them really good analytics on their parking program. So how's your parking program performing? How are you doing week over week, month over month? Where are the issue areas from an analytics perspective? So arming them with the data they need to really run their parking operation. Mm-hmm. Now for our listeners, it, what are some marketing tactics that you've been able to employ? What are some of the impacts that you've been able to have through your business? Yeah, so a lot of what we do, and the the thing I always is is interesting about marketing is that every business you work on is very different from a perspective of what works and what doesn't. And, you know, one of the fun things that I enjoy about marketing, it's going into a business and figuring out what are those levers you pull that will move the needle. Yeah. And I swear, I mean, I've worked I've had a lot of jobs, worked at a lot of companies, uh, worked across a lot of industries, and every company is totally different as far as what works. You know, I've been at some companies where search engine marketing is like, just crushes it. Yeah. And I've been at companies where search engine marketing does nothing. Uh, I've been at companies where traditional TV ads really move the needle. And I've been at companies where traditional TV ads, you know, are you might as well be throwing money in the fireplace if you do them. Yeah. So, so it just, it really just depends on the business you're working on um, and the stage of that business, the industry. Um, but from a park mobile perspective, what's interesting is that our, the number one way people learn about our app is, you know, not on the search engines, not through any kind of advertising. It's, it's signs at the meter. <laughs> mm. So it's the, the signage that we put up right around um, the meters or the spaces where people are going to park. Yeah. And, you know, it's when we do our market research, it's like 70 plus percent of people, the first time they ever learned about Park Mobile was, was when they um, were about to park. 
And, and so that makes those signs really important to our business, making sure they're communicating what they need to communicate, that they look really good, that they're easy to understand for our consumer. So we actually spend a ton of time optimizing for signage mm. and making sure that our signs are, are doing really uh, what we want them to do and they're working as hard as possible for the business. Now, the great thing about that is signs around the meters are pretty cheap to produce. So as a, as a marketing tactic, it's very effective. And we end up having, you know, millions of mini billboards mm. in every city we're in, which which we think is a real, um, it's a real advantage from a marketing perspective because it's it's just highly efficient and it eliminates the need for us to do more high cost marketing yeah. uh, when we're trying to to build awareness. So so the signage is is one thing, but you know we always look at the life cycle of the customer, right? Okay, we acquire you usually at the point of parking and and when you're kind of at the the meter and you're looking at the sign, but then how do we retain you? Mm. And that's really where the the marketing magic has to begin. Um, because you know, maybe you download the app, but you don't park, or you download the app, you don't finish your account setup. So at every stage in those journeys, we have different campaigns going to make sure we are um, getting people to, to, to get all the way through a parking transaction, and there's no friction there. And then after they park for the first time, then we try to get them to park again. And we're educating them on, hey, you parked here, but here's all the places around you where you could use Park Mobile to pay for parking. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you're traveling. So you just traveled from Atlanta to Los Angeles. So we will geofence uh, the, the rental car center in Los Angeles. So if you rent a car in Los Angeles and you have the Park Mobile app on your phone, you'll get a push message that says, hey, you can use Park Mobile to park everywhere in Los Angeles. Wow. So it's those kind of things that we're doing on an ongoing basis to um, stay in touch with our users, to engage our users, and to make sure they know all the places where they can use Park Mobile uh, to pay for parking. And is that all done through the Park Mobile app? It's all done through the Park Mobile app, through um, the the engagement specifically, so the emails and the push messages and the in-app messages. Uh, that's a software we use that's called Braze. Okay. It, uh, it's really a, a software built for mobile apps that lives, it kind of lives behind it. And we, we create all kinds of audience segments. So we could segment, you know, people who've parked in the last week in a certain market and send them a certain message. We We target people who maybe haven't parked in six months. And we, that's what we call like a lapsed user. And we send yeah. them a whole campaign about, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Why don't you come back? Um, just remember you have the app on your phone. So, you know, the, the accumulation of all of those tactics helps us, you know, really retain our users over yeah. time. So you don't have this problem where you're spending all your money on acquisition or all your efforts on acquisition just to bring them into a super leaky bucket. And you just lose all the customers you acquire. Yeah. So, so that's really the focus. Is you know, yes, you know, let's let's do everything we can as efficiently as we can to acquire you know, as many users as we can. And we acquire just depending on the day of week, it's anywhere usually from fifteen thousand to thirty thousand users a day of wow. the app. Um, and then once you get them in, then really turning on the programs to keep those users um, engaged with the app to make sure they understand all the ways they can use Park Mobile to pay for parking. Um, you know, an example here in Atlanta where our headquarters is, um, you could pay for parking with Park Mobile all over the streets of Atlanta. So we work with the city, so it's accepted all over the streets. It's also accepted at the two, two of the big arenas, so State Farm Arena where the Hawks play mm -hmm. and uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium where uh, the Falcons and Atlanta United soccer team play. It's accepted there too. So once you have them for the on-street parking, 
Then you educate them. Hey, you could also pay for parking and reserve spots at the stadiums. Oh, and by the way, if you ever head up to University of Georgia, if you head to Roswell, if you head to Decatur, all you know, kind of around Atlanta, yeah. you can use it to park there too. So it's just kind of getting people aware of all the ways they can use Park Mobile to pay for parking, um, which really makes the app very sticky and and really keeps it on people's phone and and make sure that they're they're using us for the long term. And it really helps with the, that customer retention, as you said. Yeah, I mean we. The, the great thing about our business, you know, when you have 25 million users, um, that's a great base of users to build mm. off, of, right? You don't have to spend so much money on acquiring new users when you already have this strong base of users. And so a lot of our focus is less about, you know, just, just getting customers in, but how do we retain them and make sure we're getting, we're maximizing the value of every user that we have. So you've had an, an expansive career over a number of years. So what would you consider? Or would you even say that you have a an area of expertise? Is there something you know, like the back of your hand? Uh, it, you know, so it's it's interesting that you ask that because I'm I'm kind of different than probably a lot of marketing executives in that I've I've just done a lot of different stuff. You know, a lot of my mm-hmm. CMO friends they've been on a, a track, right? They mm-hmm. they started as a brand manager at Coke at, right out of business school. And then they maybe moved over to, to, you know, General Mills as a VP. And then they moved to, you know, back to Coke as a, as a C-level executive. So they've been on kind of a, a consumer package, good yeah. executive track. Um, other people kind of have made great careers in the, the marketing services business and ad agencies. Um, I, I've jumped around a lot. And I think that's, that's made my career kind of a, a, a weird adventure. Um, I, I think in a way it's made it very fun. Uh, but, you know, so I'm, I'm not someone I would say I'm, I'm super deep on anything, but I know a lot about a lot of stuff. What I do think is very important, especially if you're a CMO today, um, like no company would ever hire a CMO who's all they're, do, all they're good at is like AdWords, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, or, or, oh, I'm going to hire that CMO. They're, they're an expert in social media. Uh, when you're a, a C-level executive or a VP, you're expected to have a broader view of the marketing landscape, and that's tricky because the marketing landscape uh, is is pretty expansive. Yeah, you know, and you look at the the number of just Martech tools out there and all the advertising options out there today, uh, it's really overwhelming. But because I've worked for a lot of different types of companies, I've worked B two B, I've worked B two C, I've worked agency, I've worked client, I've worked traditional advertising, digital advertising. Um, I think that served me well in an executive role because I could kind of see the entire, the entire field. And I don't get so wedded to one specific tactic uh, that, that I'm not willing to, to, you know, move away from it. And and that's sometimes what you see with a lot of marketers is that they're, they think there's a playbook for everything. And there's a, there's a way to do everything. And they come into a job. All right. All right. uh, It's a three-step process we're going to follow and it's, we're first going to do this and then this, and then this, and then the revenue is going to come in or the leads are going to come in. And then they, they do that process and it takes them, you know, 18 months and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the result is they get fired, which is why the average tenure of a CMO is usually about 18 to 24 months. Um, I take kind of a different approach. So, so I get into a business, try to understand, you know, what's, what I, t- I have a hypothesis. I think these things are going to work. And I try them, and if they don't work, 
I quickly move on to the next thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, I call it a quick win strategy where you, tr- you just got to like go do stuff quickly, try to put some runs on the board, or at least try to figure out what doesn't work so you yeah. could kind of get it off your plate. And, and that served me very well. And it's that agility that I think uh, modern marketers really need when it comes to their jobs. If you're, if you're romantic about certain things from a marketing perspective and you're not willing to be flexible, you're yeah. going to have a real trouble surviving in an executive role where um, really the, the focus is going to be on you to, to deliver results and to deliver them right away. Yeah. Now, with that being said, where do you feel that you're moving in the next couple of years? Do you see Park Mobile moving differently in the ad space or going to still focus on what you've got going? Yeah, I think, you know, from a, a business perspective, we're kind of eyeing some some new categories mm-hmm. uh, and that are kind of outside of our core. So for, for Park Mobile, we like to think about ourselves as... Um, you know, we're, we're kind of like the visa of parking, you know, we're, we're everywhere you want to be, we're accepted everywhere. Uh, but, you know, we think about ourselves, not like a visa necessarily, but maybe more like an Amazon. So mm-hmm. Amazon, they kind of planted a flag in books and they became the, the biggest bookstore, you know, on the planet. Yep. And then they've expanded into everything else uh, related to retail. We kind of see a similar path for us where we we focused on parking to begin with, but we see really a broader, um, a much broader playing field in overall mobility services. Mm-hmm. And so we just launched uh, earlier this year, our new tolling feature where you could use your park mobile account to pay for tolls. Uh, so you just drive through the express lane, it charges your park mobile account. Wow. Uh, so, so things like that are very interesting. We're really um, pushing hard also on uh, autonomous cars because one of the things that's going to happen is you have more autonomous cars on the road, especially when it comes to ride hailing services like mm-hmm. an Uber or Lyft um, and those cars not having a driver in them is that, okay, what do they do after they drop you off? Yeah. Right. They can't just idle around. Uh, they're going to go have to find parking uh, one to just get off the road and reduce congestion, but also to be able to go get services. So uh, they mean to get cleaned or charged and we've already built a lot of the foundational technology that'll enable an autonomous car to go to a garage, um, vend a gate or open a gate without actually having a human there to pull a ticket, wow. go in and then start to transact for different services. So, so we, we think it's a really interesting future in uh, broader mo- you know, consumer mobility services. And, and we really think Park Mobile is going to play a, a key role there because you know, beyond Google Maps or Waze, we have one of the biggest mobility audiences, um, you know, in the United States. And so uh, we're really excited. But as we do more of those things, it's going to change the game as far as, you know, what we need to do to market. Yeah. Right now, the great thing is we already have 25 million users we can market to for these services. uh, But we're going to have to do a lot of work to raise awareness that, hey, you can now use Park Mobile to pay for tolls. Hey, you can now use Park Mobile to go um, get your vehicle charged. And so as we um, move outside of kind of our box of parking, that's going to require different marketing tactics to, yeah. to raise awareness. So um, we're probably going to have to think about some bigger investments than we've made in the past mm-hmm. and, and, and things that might be in the short term a little bit more inefficient from a spend perspective, but tactics that will uh, drive that broader awareness as Park Mobile uh, as more than just like a, a parking app. 
Now, I've just got one more question before we end here. Is there anything that you wish you had known prior to starting your career? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the hardest thing. And, you know, I, I always envy the people who, when they're very young, know what they want to do. And, and so, so I think that to me is the, the biggest thing, because if you know what you want to do at a young age, you kind of work on your craft yeah. and over time you get very good at it. And, and so that's, that's kind of the way I feel like I've gotten good at marketing over time. And uh, it's become, you know, it's, it's a, it's a muscle, right? You, it's yeah. a, you work it. And the more you work at something, the, the stronger it gets. Um, you know, I wish I really knew that, you know, when you think about your career, it, it's the kind of thing that, you know, you need to kind of go all in, you need to really exercise the muscle. You need to, um, you need to really become an expert in, in a way uh, and when you're coming out of college and you don't know what you're going to do, it's it's tricky. So I, I think, you know, if if people are um, interested in marketing or interested in careers in marketing, uh, I, I think it's important to start really diving in as soon as you can mm. and joining the the marketing groups and following marketing thought leaders on on LinkedIn and Twitter, and and really learning the craft as soon as you can, because the earlier you learn the craft uh, and you learn how to think like a marketer, uh, you're just gonna progress your career that much faster. Uh, so, so that's probably the, the one thing I, I wish I knew is the, um, when you approach your career, how it's, you just have to kind of work at the craft and really make yourself into, into the professional you wanna be. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the big thing. And, and the, the second thing I, I would say is just, how you have to continually um, invest in yourself, continually uh, keep yourself, you know, educated on what's going on and changes. Because marketing, a career in marketing is challenging, and it's challenging because more than any other function, it's it's really changing fast. And it's been like that since I've been in marketing. I started doing television ads for mm -hmm. a big ad agency, and now that agency is is kind of like not doing very well. And all these digital agencies that were very small when I started, now they're kind of, they own everything. And so you have to be very flexible in your approach to your career. You have to be able to, um, you know, constantly course correct, uh, you know, stay on top of all the trends. And, and that's how you're successful in your career. And that's how you have longevity in your career is that you don't get so wedded to like one thing that you do but you're able to um, easily kind of adjust it as, as, as the, the industry adjusts. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's important as well. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you so much. You uh, have, you can really tell how much you value your career and how much you enjoy the position that you're in. Uh, so where can people find, um, find out more about Park Mobile, about yourself, if they're curious? Well, you know, anyone, everyone should go download the per, the Park Mobile app first of all before of before you do anything else. Download the Park Mobile app; it's a great app. Uh, helps you park almost anywhere you are in the country. So that's that's number one. Um, but if you want to um, get to know me a little bit, uh, LinkedIn's probably the best place. So uh, just check out my LinkedIn profile; it's up there. I'm happy to connect with you. And I do have a book coming out uh, in a few months, and uh, the book is called "How Not to Suck at Marketing." And it's kind of a survival's guide for uh, for career in, in marketing, and um, so I, I encourage you to check out the book. It's the website is hownottosuckatmarketing.com. 
Uh, and you can go there. You could sign up for um, for updates on when the when the book is going to come out. And I also put some interest, some really good resources on there as well. So if you're a you know an early stage, mid level marketer, even senior marketer, I kind of consolidated a list of the resources that I value awesome. as a marketer, uh, so people could go check those out. So yeah, th- that's uh, that's how people can get in touch. Perfect. Thank you so very much. And everyone listening, thank you for listening to the Marketing Executive Spotlight uh, podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Ben. Take care. Anitra here, and thank you so much for listening to the Marketing Executive Spotlight Show. If you are a successful marketing executive who would like to be on this program, please visit us at www.thedrawshop.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social channels. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag marketing executive spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Go to our website, www.thedrawshop.com or follow us on all social channels at The Draw Shop. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.